I have something I want to, want to show you. This is my Bible that uh, was uh, given to me when I was baptized 37 years ago. I know, 37 years ago, this past Thursday, um, I was eight. The, the inscription reads, actually, the inscription reads, presented to Lane Haslock by mom and dad on the day of his baptism. May God bless and keep you as sweet as you are. November 21st, 1982. So I remember that uh, Brother John's baptized me. We had a big party afterwards. My grandmother Jojo got to be there. That was uh, the last time that she was able to go to church. And I got to wear clothes into the water, and I had to stand on a crate to be seen, but only then you could just see the top of my head. And for some reason, my foot shot up into the air when I was placed under the water. Now, soon after that, and it was, it was possibly that same day, Rita Hartley, my children's church teacher, sat down with me on the, on the front pew, got my Bible, and she showed me the passage that I'm actually sharing with you today, or that I was asked to delve into a little bit deeper with you today. And so in my brand new Bible, I was so much better than in my brand new Bible, a dab just eats number, by, uh, so I would remember this. It was Philippians chapter 4, verse 4. Now I'm going to read it in the King James Version, so it's going to sound a little different. Rejoice in the Lord always. That's not an error. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. You know, this passage, which Brian touched on last week, has been special to me nearly my entire life. And nearly 37 years ago to the day I was introduced to this passage, as I've shared, I've been asked to, by Brian to delve a little bit deeper. It's as if I was supposed to share this passage. Not only for what I just shared, but also as an adult, I struggle mightily with anxiety. But by daily striving to apply this entire passage that I'm going to share with you, some very practical steps you can do, along with that, doing that daily, a daily quiet time, counseling, and medication. I can't say I've arrived 
but I'm trying to walk along the path of peace. And you can too if you'll live out God's word with me. Beginning with Philippians 4, 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Now we're going to do some little uh, um, audience participation. Every time, and I'm going to say this a lot. So, so first time we'll all do it. And then the second time you'll go. Third time and then you all go. And All right? We got it? So, all right, so now we're, we're all going to do it. Then let's compare. We'll be like, ah, oh, I was better than you, you know. All right, here we go. But Philippians 4, 4, I will go rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. And then, oh, you already, I didn't even have to explain it. You all knew it. That's great. Here we go. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Awesome. Paul, the one the Holy Spirit led to write this letter to the church in Philippi, It's as if he's having his own mini revival right then and there while writing this in chains, in prison, waiting the outcome of his trial, surrounded by uncertainty. For me, I don't know about you, one of my major triggers of anxiety is uncertainty. But in the midst of uncertainty, Paul writes, you all first, rejoice, Lord, always. I will say it again, rejoice. It's one thing to hear that from someone who's living the perfect Pollyanna life. It's easy for them to say that. But Paul, he's chained, imprisoned. He will later be executed for his faith. But now, though, he encourages us to rejoice while rejoicing himself, writing, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Perhaps the reason Paul could rejoice and speak of gentleness from his prison cell was because his rejoicing was based on in the Lord, not on his present circumstances. See, that's the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is based on happenstance. When ideal circumstances align just right, then I'll be happy. But when they pass, so will my happiness. Joy, on the other hand, it's different. It's deeper. It's not dependent upon what's happening around you, especially if your joy is in the Lord. I read that Christian joy is independent of all things on earth because it has its source on the continual presence of Christ. The last part of Nehemiah 8.10 says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And you know this part. You remember the angel's message to the shepherds about our Savior's birth was said to be what? Good news of? Great joy that shall be to all people. It's good news because the Savior has been born who would later save us from our sins by dying on a cross, a penalty that was rightfully ours. But he loved us and our Father loved us so much that Jesus died on the cross for us, took our place and rose from the dead, defeating death in the process so we might have eternal life. Ultimately, that's our reason 
to rejoice. Because ultimately our joy, the cause of our rejoicing comes from our salvation in Jesus Christ. And the hope we have of eternal life with him in heaven. We're listening to Revelation 21.4 if you want to write this down. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. We're living in the old order right now. We're living in the meantime. So to this living in the meantime, we declare along with Paul, are you all ready? Rejoice the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Now I read that we're gentle with others because we want Christ to be gentle with us. Since the time of his arrival is near. The Lord is near proximity-wise, too, being that the Holy Spirit is inside of us. And our omnipresent God exists everywhere. And of course, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is near because his second coming and the end of all things is drawing near every moment. Now, to some, that might be a cause of anxiety. The fact that Jesus is going to come again. And he's coming soon. The Bible says that he could come like a thief in the night. If that causes you anxiety, then we need to talk. We need to talk about your salvation. If, if I'm describing you, there will be people over by the cross, but also in this corner as well. They have a little badge on it. Says, I think it says something like, how can I pray with you? Talk to those people. Seek those people out. Because there's definitely a solution for that anxiety that you might have. Because for many, the fact that Jesus is near is a source of strength and peace and joy for those who hope in Jesus Christ. It's in the light of Jesus Christ that Paul could even write these words, Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. He's not writing that in a vacuum. And he's living it out. Here's something practical, practical that I've learned from my experience. It is virtually impossible to actively and heartedly praise God and rejoice in song or otherwise, and be anxious at the same time. Psychology will tell us that we can only think about one thing at one time. So I think it's amazing that Paul, through the Holy Spirit, instead of jumping right to do not be anxious about anything, he starts with what? Rejoicing. Oh, we can fake it. We can fake it and be anxious. But if we do, then we'll fall in the category of people that Jesus talks about in Matthew 15, 8. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. We don't want to be in that category. But when we wholeheartedly rejoice in the Lord, anxiety tends to subside. 
Because our rejoicing is in the Lord, who is our Lord, our Savior and friend, who has forgiven us, making ready an internal home for us in heaven, and who is near inside of us and walking with us in the midst of our trials and anxieties. And being that his return is imminent means that the current trials and anxiety-producing situations that we're in, these two shall pass. Because the Lord is near. In the meantime, the Lord is near and that he is just a prayer away. Jeremiah 29, 12. You might want to write that down. Jeremiah 29, 12 through 14. Then, listen, this is what God says. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. In light of those verses, we are ready for the next practical step. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Growing up, my spirit, Sister and I spent a lot of great weekends with my grandmother, Dee Dee, in Georgetown. And uh, on Sundays, we would go to church, and I remember that a portion of this scripture was inscribed on the wall. And so this past Tuesday, curiosity got the best of me, and so I called Georgetown Baptist to to ask him if, if it was still there. I talked to Debbie. She told me her life story. She's in her 60s. She's been there 18 years. The chair she sat in previously was bought for her from my dad's office supply store. There's not too many Haslocks around, yet we're all kin if you've heard of one. So she's like, oh, does your dad have the office supply store? So, And it was the most expensive one. I told her, thank you. But, But also she said she didn't buy it for that reason, but she picked it because it fit her. And I asked if she'd please do me a favor. Finding out that the inscription was still written written on the wall, I asked her to take a picture of it and please send it to me. Now, before I show it, I have to tell you what she said. She said there would be a price. I asked how much. And she said something like, send her a blank check made out to Debbie and she'd take care of the rest. So here's what she sent me. You know, as you, can, as you can tell, I grew up Southern Baptist, so everything is in the King James Version. In everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Now, by the way, I thank Debbie replying with, you're too kind, she said, I know, tell them I need a raise. And she also included this note, hope this helps you out for Sunday. And also brings back wonderful memories of you and your grandmother. Again, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. That means anything 
and everything that makes you anxious, that causes you anxiety, pray to God about it. Whatever the situation, tell him about it. Truth be told, he already knows. But instead of being anxious about anything and everything or being anxious because you don't have anything to be anxious about, struggle is real. Tell God about it. Why? Because he's God and we're not. And he wants us to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. 1 Peter 5, 7. Again, 1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Again, God is God and we're not. Thank God. Neither your shoulders nor mine were created to carry the weight of the world upon them. So we've got to stop. Okay? Okay? Instead, <laughs> instead rejoice in the Lord always, okay? Be gentle to everyone, because I don't know about you, is that when I'm not gentle, that causes more anxiety. You know, the Bible talks about, what is it? Uh, a gentle answer turneth away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. And so my default mode and I have to say, it's probably out of selfish reasons because when I'm not gentle, it, stir, it stirs more anxiety. So for that benefit and the fact that the Lord is near, my default mode is gentle. But we have to be gentle to everyone because the Lord is near, okay? Okay. Instead of being anxious about anything, pray to God about everything. Last time. Okay? All right. So what is prayer? It is talking to God. It is talking to God. Who can present requests to God? You can. Just ask. What can you pray about? Anything and everything. For yourself, for someone else. But here's the deal. You and I have got to make a habit of prayer. Jesus, the holy, sinless Son of God did. We got to, too. Okay? Okay. Here's something practical, practical that I do, and you can, too. Pray using Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. And so I say, search me, O God, and know my heart. And then I tell him about what's on my heart. Anything and everything. And then I say, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Laying it all out there. See if there is any offensive way in me. And confessing my many sins to God and asking for his forgiveness. 
And then finally, and lead me in the way of and lead me in the way everlasting, pledging to God my trust, my willingness to follow Him, along with praying for His help when I'm reluctant. However you choose, you've got to pray and talk to God. And pray and talk to talk to God. Not at him. We've got to tell him what's about what's going on, what's weighing heavy on our heart and mind, what's got us anxious. We've got to give our cares and anxiety over to him because the alternative is greater anxiety, depression, despair. It is not a fun place to be, is it? So what's that part about thanksgiving? Well, I'm glad you asked. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. To understand the passage about giving thanks, you have to think back to little David and the stones and the sling, the true story in the Bible. You have to remember what David said to King Saul before he went out and fought the giant Goliath. 1 Samuel 17, 37. The Lord who rescued me, this is little David talking. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. See, that explains it in a roundabout way. David was thanking God for the times that God delivered him from the paw of the lion, the paw of the bear. So David knew that God would rescue him from this Philistine, Goliath. Instead of being anxious, David remembered the times that God was with him and delivered him. That gave him the strength and courage to face his giant. And doing the same thing will help us to face ours. So the practical step here is, so while praying, remember times that God has helped you. And you know what? The same thing works if you remember the times that God has helped someone else because he's the same God. So share your stories. Share your times that God has delivered you from a tough situation. Remember it. Cherish it. Hide it in your heart. And use that and thank God when you're facing your present situation. Because James 1.17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And looking for that passage, I found this one, Numbers 23.19. God is not human that he should lie. Not a human being that he should change his mind. Does he speak and then not act? Does he promise and not fulfill? No. He fulfills his promises, every single one of them in Christ Jesus. So that means, this is for everyone, Philippians 4, 4 through 6. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your Requests to God. And here is the promise. 
and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I want to leave you with this last part of this passage. It's rather self-explanatory. And I heard a preacher say yesterday, uh, asking God to help us to apply the parts of the Bible that we do understand because they are the most difficult. I've shared a lot of practical steps, things to do, things that I do. And you can too to apply God's word, to not be anxious. But the last passage has more to do about watching what we think You will have horrible results if you do all this that we've talked about, but not guard your heart and your mind. And this message would be incomplete if if I at least didn't mention it. Because I'm reminded of Galatians 6, 7. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Garbage in, garbage out. So guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? It means, you know what it means. It means watch what you allow to enter your mind and thoughts through what you read, what you watch, where you surf, or what you listen to, or what you play. Parents, we bear the responsibility to help our kids to do the same as we guard our own hearts and minds and thoughts. As Scripture says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about Such things. Let these things into your life. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. We've got to put all this into practice. Okay? Because it's worth it. Again, here's the promise if we do. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Then together, we'll be further along the path The source of our peace, the source of rejoicing is ultimately Jesus Christ. And each and every week we get to stop and we get to remember and we get to rejoice that Jesus is alive. That he died for our sins and rose again when we take the the bread at the stations and then when we drink of the cup. And we get to remember what Jesus Christ did for us. We get to ask God for the forgiveness of our sins. And we get to anticipate that he's coming again.